Hello boys and girls and welcome back to Dickheads of History with me, Kian Tuki. Before I start, make sure you go back and listen to the last episode on the stud of all scientists, that is Albert Einstein. Cracking episode we have for you there. But on with this week's episode, if you aren't following me on social media, then you wouldn't have known that this week we did have a chance for you, the listeners, to tell me who you wanted on this week's podcast. So before I tell you who that is, if you aren't following me on social media, what are you doing you're going to be missing out on all these great chances to have your input put into these episodes as usual my instagram is at c.tookie and my facebook and twitter is at Tookie. anyway on with this week's episode and the man you the listeners have chosen due to high demand is the controversial figure especially in the last couple of weeks that is winston churchill now, before i do start and i'm fully aware of the controversy that has surrounded this man for the last couple of weeks I would just like to say that this man led our country through hell and saved the world from the impending evil that was Nazi Germany he was one of the very few people in the world that had the ability to stir up such patriotic spirit that got Britain through this war this country and this whole world would be a very different place however bearing all that in mind this does not mean that we should not highlight what he was like as a person with his racial and ideological beliefs here we are simply showing a side that many people may not have been aware of the British Bulldog so here are the top five reasons why Winston Churchill could be seen as a dickhead of history starting out at number one we have his beliefs in racial hierarchy Winston Churchill had strong beliefs that people should be judged upon the color of their skin he saw that white Protestants were at the top of the racial hierarchy closely followed by white Catholics below them were Indians and right at the bottom were black Africans. Moreover, he saw and thought that the massacre of the indigenous people was right and just. If you want to find out more about the genocide of the indigenous people, make sure you go ahead and listen to episode two, where we go into more detail on that. As I was saying, he saw the genocide of the indigenous people as right and just, purely because it was justified since they were not as a superior race as the white men who were inflicting this terror upon them. He also saw people who were not of the white race as less than human and did believe that the Aryan stock is bound to triumph. Who does that sound like? Furthermore, in 1955, he wanted to change his campaign slogan to keep England white, where he was campaigning and convinced that foreigners from other countries who are of different ethnicities should not be allowed into the country of England in order to keep them pure and in order to keep the majority of England white. On to number two, we have his treatment of those who were opposed to being part of the British Empire. Churchill saw anyone who was opposed to British rule as an enemy. As a result of this, he highly opposed the independence of both African countries and in India. We can see that he believed the takeover of Kenya was just since he saw that the white man would be able to use Kenya's fertile highlands as a great place for white settlers to place themselves. Therefore, as he states, the black moors should be rid of the land. Unsurprisingly, this did not please the natives in the slightest. And as a result of this, when the natives began to rebel against British rule, they were faced and pinned back by gunpoint and 150,000 rebels were forced into detention camps which would later be nicknamed the British Gulag. And before you say it, no, this has nothing to do with Warzone. The idea of these detention camps was in order to crush local spirit and the need for the locals to rise up and rebel against British rule. This was done by prisoners being involved in vigorous torture such as whipping, electrocution, being burned as well as being 
mutilated, one of which prisoners was named Hussein Obama. Now, if you're thinking, hmm, I slightly recognise that last name, you'll be absolutely right, as this was in fact former US President Barack Obama's granddad, who has later gone on to criticise Churchill due to the fact that his grandfather never fully recovered from the torture that he fell victim to within the British Gulag that Churchill had seen as necessary for containing the Kenyan people. Furthermore, in Churchill's youth, he took part in the invasion of places such as Pakistan, where he was involved in raiding villages, destroying crops, as well as massacring people. And although he did have reservations about this at first, he soon put those guilty thoughts to bed as he believed that these Pakistani people were simply wired to kill and hurt, therefore he saw it as justified and that he was liberating the country. Once again, seeing people of another race and another ethnicity as something that's less than human. He also bragged about the fact that he was able to kill three savages. Once again, pushing the fact that he saw whites as a superior race and anything else as less than human. It can even be seen that he enjoyed fighting in these wars, saying that compared to modern day war, in the wars that he was fighting in, it was great fun galloping about. As well as this, he was strongly in favour in using highly poisonous gases against people that he called savages, which included making people cough up blood and make people vomit their insides out. Thankfully, many people within his government were highly opposed to this and these poisonous gases were never said to have been used on these tribes that the British were invading. On to number three, and we have the fact that he supported eugenics. Churchill believed in sterilising the unfit, so this is anyone with mental handicaps, possibly disabilities that they were born with at birth, in order to cleanse the gene pool and believed that people with these mental handicaps were a danger to society. As well as this, he also wanted to stop unfit people breeding. Saying he wanted to stop unfit people breeding, I mean, I don't know if he looked in the mirror recently. I, yeah, I think he might be shooting himself in the foot with that one. Furthermore, with this support in eugenics, he also wanted to create the perfect race and the perfect human. I mean, once again, sound like anyone? On to number four, and we have Churchill's feud with India, and in particular, Gandhi. It can be seen that saying Churchill did not like India was a slight understatement. I mean, going on record for saying, I hate the Indians. They are a beastly people with a beastly religion. I mean, kind of shows you to the extent that he wasn't too fond of them. This was mainly due to the fact that he saw the Indian independence as a means to the end of the British Empire and saw that if they gained independence, then the British Empire would soon fall, which... He wasn't wrong about, to be fair. One person who is highly credited for wanting Indian independence was obviously Gandhi, who started a peaceful protest, however was soon captured by the British for seeing it as going against the British Empire. He soon went on hunger strike. This caused mayhem in Britain as they did not want to be held responsible for killing the great Mahatma Gandhi. However, Winston Churchill was slightly less concerned. He saw that if Mahatma Gandhi died in prison, no matter if it was in a British prison, he saw that Mahatma Gandhi dying meant the empire had one less enemy to worry about. Furthermore, Winston Churchill went on record for saying that Gandhi ought to be lame bound hand and foot at the gate of Delhi and then trampled by an enormous elephant. I mean, once again, I think we can see that maybe Gandhi's biggest fan was not Winston Churchill. However, Winston Churchill's wish for Gandhi to stay in British imprisonment was denied and was soon let free. On the subject of Gandhi, through a bit of my research, I've seen maybe the 
um, Indian Peacemaker was not all that he is seen to be. So we could possibly see next week's episode on the so-called great Indian protester of peace. On to number five, and we have the Bengal famine. With this event, we can see that over three million people were killed as a result of a famine in India, Bengal, in 1943. The people of Bengal were deprived of many resources, as well as suffering from bad harvest. To make matters worse, it's also gone on record that the British destroyed small boats and crops in, in order to stop the Japanese using Bengal as a way into India. This therefore meant the people of Bengal were very limited in how they were able to get food. As a result of resources being at an all-time low for these people, food began to become more and more scarce. However, despite this, food and resources were still taken by the British from India in order to help the war effort, even though the Indian government pleaded to Churchill and the government in order to supply them with even an inkling of resources because in actual fact it wasn't actually a high volume of resources that was needed in India in order to feed these millions of people and Britain could have stretched to it despite being in this wartime situation. However, the British government refused and allowed people to die not only of starvation but diseases such as malaria and cholera. Furthermore, there was a chance for resources from Australia to be given to the people of India in order to help stop this famine. However, Churchill refused this and said that they were more needed to be used as storage for certain countries in Europe. This is food for storage, therefore meaning that it wasn't even going to be ate, it was there just in case they ran out of food. This compares to the people who actually needed it and were dying of starvation and disease. Churchill went on further to say that it was the people of India's fault for breeding like rabbits that they had got themselves into this predicament. Churchill saw no need to be helping the people of India who claimed they wanted independence from the British Empire therefore should not be allowed help by the British Empire themselves. This is despite the fact that many historians have gone on record for saying that, that the support that Britain received from India in the war effort was pivotal in winning the war. It's at this point you need to ask yourself, was the 2.5 million Indian troops that fought for Britain in World War, as well as the resources taken from India, a worthy sacrifice for the 3 plus million who died as a result of these resources being taken away from them? And there we have it, that is the end of the episode. As I said at the start of the episode, I'm not looking to undermine the man that was Winston Churchill, and I'm not asking for any statues of the man be taken down. I'm simply showing you, the listeners, some of the facts that will make you think twice about the man that is Winston Churchill. And it is up for you, the audience, to decide whether you believe he is a dickhead of history. Once again, thank you for listening, and I will see you all next week.